Justin Lind, and welcome to another edition of the Wandering Coach Podcast. Today's episode is a guest that I'm really, really excited about. I had a blast making this interview, and I think that you will all enjoy it. The guest for this episode is Crystal Pearson. She is an acupuncturist and yoga teacher. Um, her acupuncture practice is called Blue Jasmine Acupuncture, and the yoga... I guess, genre, whatever that she specializes in is Kundalini. So we'll hear a little bit more about um, those two things from her in the episode. But uh, I'll give you my background on her. I began uh, seeing her about a year ago now, a little over a year ago, for some back issues that I had been having and um, was a little bit skeptical going into the whole acupuncture thing. But it grew into a a pretty special thing for me and something that I've come to enjoy. And now it's become so much more than just going in and making my back feel good. It, uh, it's a little bit of a, uh, a spiritual experience every time I go in for an appointment. So I'm re- I, w- I was really excited to sit down and talk to Crystal. She is one of the people that I first had in mind when I wanted to do this podcast. Um, I feel like there's a couple very, very interesting people surrounding me in my life, and uh, she was near the top of that list for people that I wanted to have as guests, and we've been uh, battling against our schedules to finally fit this in for uh, for months, and it finally worked out, and I'm I'm quite excited. She was a little bit nervous when we, when we first began the recording, uh, but I think you'll find that after the first couple minutes, uh, the fact that you're sitting there with a recorder running um, just kind of melts away, and the tone of the conversation becomes a lot more natural. She has uh, some very interesting insights on uh, health and life and all this stuff, and uh, I think that you'll very, very much enjoy this interview. What I have started doing is I've come up with two standard questions, and this list might grow. It might it might uh, include others. It might change from guest to guest. But what but what I want to do is I'm going to start closing down each episode with a couple of uh, relatively standard questions that I ask to each of my guests, uh, just because I feel like the they're broad enough questions that they can be answered in any context. And it's going to be really interesting to see the type of answers I get from the uh, varied uh, selection of guests. And the first question is, what are you most excited about in the future? Uh, Super broad, and I invite people to answer it in any context that they are thinking at the time. That could be personal or professional or the state of the world or whatever. So just what are you most excited about for the future? Long-term, short-term, whatever. And the next question is, um, because I plan on this podcast exploring a wide variety of topics, but one of the things that I'm most passionate about and probably what many of my guests uh 
will come from this kind of an influence is just overall health. So the final question that I will be closing each episode down with is, what's the one piece of advice you would give someone that's looking to lead a more healthy existence? Again, to be answered in any context that they feel fits. Um, so I have done that with Crystal, and she was the first person that I tried it with. Um, I also made a second episode with uh, another guest, right after the interview with Crystal, so I've done it with her too. So we've got two episodes now that uh, we'll close down in this fashion, and uh, it's going to be interesting. I I enjoyed her answers, so uh, I think that you will too. All right, quick uh, quick bit of business before we jump into the episode. Um, along with these questions, um, those and other ways, I've been looking to add a little more structure, I guess, to these episodes. And I want to create a standard intro. It might be little sound bites of some of the interviews I've done so far. Um, but I'm also opening it up to ideas. So if you would like to suggest something for um, an intro, be it a song or a saying or something like that, um, or if you would like to be a part of it, I'm I'm opening it up to outside influence. If you would like your voice to be a part of the intro, um, I'm looking for people just to st- say a standard couple of things. I thought it'd be fun if uh, it was not my voice. So I'm looking to create kind of a standard podcast intro, and um, I'm open to any sort of suggestion that uh, that you have. I'd love to hear from anyone. Same applies for an outro. Um, just a little something that I can add in after the interview ends, and maybe we'll have another song that kind of leads out of the intro. I've been told that uh, the last couple episodes I did ended kind of abruptly, and uh, I'm trying to remedy that. So I feel like I've done a little bit better of a job uh, winding down the interview with Crystal, but also I'm I'm going to add a little outro and exit song. So uh, opening it up to suggestions for all of those things. So if you'd like to suggest something or be a part of it, please get in contact with me. Um, outside of that, please continue using the Amazon affiliate link on the website. It's just on the wanderingcoach.com right there on the sidebar. And, um, it'll take you to the Amazon homepage and anything you buy. Um, I get a tiny, small percentage from Amazon's profit, not, not from you. Um, a lot of people have been using it and that's really cool. I appreciate it. I've been trying to buy some of my stuff through there and I've heard from a couple friends that they've been using it. I can log onto the account and see, uh, see that people have been using it. So I appreciate anyone that has done that, um, shown the support. It's really cool, especially now as I am gearing up to leave the income that I have now and go to an incomeless, uh, state as I'm going through all this travel, any little help that I can get um, to help bring these episodes out along the way is uh, is greatly, greatly appreciated. And the final bit of business I'll say is, please, if you get a chance, go to iTunes and or Stitcher and subscribe to the episode, rate it, um, hopefully a good rating. And um, if you feel so compelled, please leave a review. It doesn't have to be long. But if you leave a rating and a review, um, it helps us in the ratings and it, it makes this podcast show up more often in searches. It'll be ranked higher in, I believe, the category we're in right now is health. Um, so if you, if you have been enjoying the episodes, um, I invite you to please go rate and review it on Stitcher and iTunes. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, without further ado, the interview with Crystal Pearson. Thank you. 
All right. Hi, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here with Crystal Pearson um, of Blue Jasmine Acupuncture. And i um, very excited that we finally got a chance to connect and get to do this. Um, you're one of the first people I had in mind when I wanted to do this podcast. Just all the, uh, I guess, interesting, interesting people in my life. And um, you were near the top of the list. Um, so I guess we'll just get started in letting you tell your story. I know you have an, an interesting uh, way that you kind of found acupuncture and got into it. All right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is Crystal Pearson, and I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist and Kundalini yoga teacher. And I got into acupuncture originally in high school. Um, I wanted to be a doctor when I was younger, and I started yoga young. And then in high school, I was sick, didn't feel well, had headaches, digestive issues, um, hormonal imbalances. And I went to lots of doctors, and I just didn't love the care um, and the medicines and the bedside manner and the energy. And so my mom's friend suggested I go to an acupuncturist down in San Diego. And my mom wasn't into acupuncture and still isn't and <laughs> doesn't ever want to try it. But um, Has never tried it? No. Even from you? No. Really? Oh, no. She's scared. Even wow. if she watches me do the needles, she's like... Oh no! Can you go in the other room? <laughs> but fully supports me doing yeah. it. She just can't stand the That's thought of needles going into her. Yeah. I'm like, are we really related? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, she suggested I go to this doctor, um, an acupuncturist in San Diego. And so I went to her, and I loved loved her office and her energy, mm -hmm. and it just felt really soothing. She spent a lot of time getting to know me and talking about diet and lifestyle and. I was pretty clear at that moment. I was like, okay, I want to be an acupuncturist. Yeah. And so I continued getting treatments, and it was really beneficial, and slowly stopped going to Western medical doctors for the most part. And um, I was on many pharmaceutical drugs. They would just keep trying me on all different things to try to figure out something, and each one seemed to have another side effect, and I didn't feel well at all. And so I got off all of those, and... I went to the community college and I was looking through the career book and acupuncture was alphabetized. So acupuncture is one of the first ones. It rose you know? to the top yeah. of the list when so you was, started looking through stuff. So I was just like, okay, <laughs> let me see if like the logistics of the profession, you know, like right. are good. And so I read through it. I was like, this is awesome. And there's a school in Santa Barbara. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. So I did my two years there and my emphasis, like getting ready for pre-med in case I wanted to still be a doctor. Right. And then I was like, you only This is need... after UCSB? Before. Oh, okay. And so you only need two years as of now to go into acupuncture school. So oh, okay. basically like equivalent of an AA. Okay. Um, and then you get your master's from acupuncture school. So okay. I was like, oh, I just want to go straight into acupuncture school. I just want to get to it. You know, it's a four-year program that we did in three years at that point. And now they've added another year. So I was like, I just want to get into it and get through right. it and start practicing my parents were still like, I hope you'll still be a doctor, please. Like, <laughs> you really need to go yeah. into the acupuncture profession. I was like, yeah. And then, but I still applied to like UCLA and UCSB and UCSD. And I got into UCSB on a full ride for biopsychology. So, and I got a few scholarships from Ventura. So my parents were like, it's going to be free. Like, just go. It's just two years. Yeah. Just do it. Two and more then, years. Yeah. yeah. You can go into acupuncture school. You have so much time. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, I'll just do it. Yeah. And so it was really awesome studying biopsychology and the brain and 
Um, UCSB is a beautiful school, so I was glad I went. Yeah. And then I ended up going to Santa Barbara College of Oriental Medicine for three years. And so it was good, well-rounded, like, yeah. but I felt really comfortable with Western medicine and with Eastern medicine and implementing the two, mm-hmm. considering so many people that come in are on yeah. Western It is medicines. good to have even more of a comprehensive background before you yeah. kind of specialize into one thing. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, I always thought that you kind of found the acupuncture thing, or not found it because I knew your story about high school, but right. um, decided to go down that path completely after UCSB. So you you went up, entered like a community college acupuncture program, and then transferred to UCSB, got a bachelor's in biopsychology, yeah. and then went into an acupuncture school. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I worked So you knew at... pretty early on. That's really... I was it's, like, it's, I'm it's kind of <laughs> It's kind of a blessing to, to have such a clear vision of what you want to do right. at such a young age. Yeah. That's like, I'm just kind of coming into a place where I feel like I know the direction I, I want my life to Clarity. take. Clarity, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, it's cool, but it's... Um, and I feel lucky to have found it, but it's really a blessing to find it so early. Yeah. It's neat. Most the people in acupuncture, I think I was one of the youngest people in acupuncture school. I must have 18, I think I was like 22 when I entered and like yeah, 25 right. when I graduated. Right out of bachelor's. And most of the people, it was like their second profession or career, you right. know, they were like, they had been out of school for a long time. So the test and the studying was really challenging and right. they had done one career and they were like, oh no, this is like not yeah. fulfilling my soul and my path. And so, and then I worked at the biotech firm in Carpinteria, right. doing um, research and development and instrumentation chemistry while I was in acupuncture school. So I worked there full time and it was really amazing, but also just really reminded me that I'm so excited to be going on mm-hmm. the different path. So it kept me really motivated. Kind of uh, bolsters that passion you yeah. felt for something else. Like, okay, I know even more clearly that this, this direction is not what I want to do. Yeah. 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 So I was That's grateful cool. that kept me really like motivated and focused in school and just like pushing yeah. through that's neat um i want to go back to one thing that you said in the beginning and that was that when you first went and had your first couple of treatments in acupuncture that you liked um kind of the overall experience and the energy and this the feel of the space and um them getting to know you on a personal basis and all that kind of stuff and it's it's just much more of a holistic approach right you know and I feel like that's something that's kind of lost on western medicine is not looking at the whole person absolutely and it's just it's just what is wrong and trying to return them to normal but if you don't dive in and really get to know someone a little bit better you don't even know what normal is yeah so when you're dealing with some of this like psychological and hormonal stuff especially yeah um you have no idea what what normal and healthy is for that person. Right. You know, it's one thing like, you know, if my, my if my arm is broken, that's not normal. Let's return it to like <laughs> right. the whole arm, right? Yeah. Um, but for some of the psychological, hormonal, that type of stuff, that is really more about your overall being, I guess. Yeah, and harmony. It, and yeah, I think yeah. that a holistic approach has to be the way that you go about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that that seems to be lost on modern on modern medicine, especially the the psychological stuff. Yeah. It seems to be kind of a trial and error thing. Yeah, there's Just everyone's on a you. weird cocktail of different yeah. stuff, and if it doesn't work out, then you go back and they go, okay, we'll reduce the dose on this, and we'll add this in, and it's just like this weird thing. And when you find something that just 
kind of makes you feel okay. It's like, okay, stay there, and then we'll re-examine as soon as you stop feeling okay. Yeah. You know? If you're an and experiment. It, that's so sad. Like, who wants to just be okay or... Yeah. Rather yeah. than, like, feeling really yeah, vital absolutely. and healthy. It should be uplifting yeah. and vital is a very good word. Yeah. 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 That's, um... That's... Yeah. It's crazy. Um... So you, how did you first start practicing? Is it the kind of thing that you work under someone and it's a little bit of an apprenticeship type thing or is the school enough to prepare you to just go out and open a practice? So the school you have internship. So like the first year you are working first on yourself and then on your classmates and then the second year you're assisting and observing with another intern okay and then third year you're the primary intern and then you just have supervisors that are helping oh, you wow. and um okay so school very much is like an apprenticeship yeah like, yeah all the so, different stages of apprenticeship yeah That's so you cool. have a teacher that you'll check in with the treatment if you have an issue and whatnot so you're working in the clinic a lot the third year and then so once you finish you need to take california state board if you're practicing right. california national is separate um for other states and california is the hardest so they fail like 50% of the people yeah. so everyone towards the end of school is getting really like yeah. stressed out like okay I got through all this schooling <laughs> and now if I don't and I have many friends that have, did move out of state if they couldn't pass it yeah. they're just not good test takers you know it doesn't have to do with your ability to practice is it the kind of help. thing that if you pass in one state some of the other states um, will honor that because I know for some of the medical and pharmaceutical certifications like if you pass California New York and one other state um some other states honor California, some honor New York. Right. And if you pass three or four, you basically get the whole country. Good. Yeah, California is just separate. And so if okay. I go anywhere else to practice, I would have to take national. Okay. So, yeah, it's just its own separate. Oh, area. so there's national in California. Those are yeah. the only two things. Oh. I think some states have their own, but California is by far the most challenging. Sure. They're just separate. So I think I graduated when did I, at the end of... June or the beginning of July and then the state board the next one was in August so a lot of people give themselves like six months to study and I was like I just want yeah, to go, right in. go so I gave myself one month of like no working and this really regimented strict schedule where I like saw nobody except maybe a friend to surf or go running and I had this whole routine of I go yeah. to the beach and go to the coffee house and it's on a specific yeah. diet and like a certain <laughs> number of hours and then these study groups with this guy that had like so much guidance in the questions, you know, mm -hmm. so I go down to those in LA. And so I took that month and then, and I went up to Sacramento and took it and then you have to wait a couple of weeks. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to play and kind of get stuff ready so that my office is dialed in to open. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to open my own practice and be on my own. And my friend um, is an eye doctor in town. So she was like, okay, I have an extra room. You can work here yeah, for free for cool. a while. And you can just kind of assist me, which was super sweet. So she took me under her wing and was just yeah. supportive of... Because um, that's hard to have yeah. the startup funds to just open yeah. a practice. Yeah. And that's it took really me, neat. I think, it was ten grand everything to buy. You know, and I just got a credit card with 0%. And then my rent was, fr you know, free. And I was like, okay, here we go, 10000 Yeah, just dive in. I'm going to start it. And so I think I found out... Yeah, I found out, like, the third week in September, I was, like, in San Francisco, and I got the call, like, from my roommate, just like, I opened the mail, and you passed. <laughs> I was like, yes, because you go away thinking, I could have definitely failed that test. Like, you have right. no idea. And I hate those kind of tests. Yeah, like, even if... You're like, I could have got, like, a 90%, or I could have failed. Yeah, you're like, oh, well, it's done. I tried yeah. my best. And so, I think I got my... You have to wait till your certificate comes. And so, I think it came one of the first days of October, and literally, like... 
after it came that week, I like opened up and I was like, okay, let's do it. Wow, that's pretty fast. So graduate in June or July yeah. and have a practice by October. Then getting of October. So this October, like the that's first awesome. week of this October will be eight years. So oh, very excited. cool. Yeah. yeah. Eight's an awesome like infinity. So I was like, oh, we're getting oh, there. There you go. Yeah. Uh-uh. I know. That's crazy. It's been eight years since I graduated high school. Right? Yeah. It starts going by. I'm it like, starts going by fast. I was like, wow, like the first year was like fairly slow starting the practice, you know, like it takes a while sure. and now I'm like, okay, yeah. where did the time go? I know. And now you book people out months in advance. Yeah. And know when I sit down and make my appointments, it's like, <laughs> all right, let's book every other week for the next three months. <laughs> like full commitment. Yeah. yeah. It took me, how long did it take me to get in to see you? I called you and right? I think I left a message and you called me back. Yeah. And, um, it was like three months. I you were at dinner and you're like, sure, just I was at dinner, me. yeah. And I was just like, I stepped away from the table for like 20 minutes and we just <laughs> talked about all sorts of stuff and the issues I was having. And that was probably March. And I think the first time I came in was in June. Yeah. I was like, good luck. <laughs> I just commitment. made this appointment three months yeah. out and just said, okay, cool. I guess I'll go when it comes. <laughs> I really love seeing clients that are like not in crisis mode, right? That they're not like, okay, I need something right now. I need to feel better right now. Like right. it's like a long-term commitment to health and well-being that they're like, okay, I'm going to wait because it's going to be something I'm right. going to do for a while. Yeah. So there's like not the urgency. Mm-hmm. And it, it does start to feel a little bit like a two-way street. Yeah. And we were talking about how it's better when whatever practitioner kind of gets to know you and yeah. know your body and just where you're at with everything. Right. Um, and then it also, I think it got, it kind of goes both ways where I feel like I'm better prepared to receive whatever you're going to give. Yeah. And I kind of know how to accept it and how to implement it. And um, so it's like I'm... I'm I'm better at receiving the treatment now too. Yeah, yeah. That it I really feel like massage takes... is the same way, and it's um, it becomes kind of a reciprocal thing. Because the healing really is dependent on the person coming in, right. you know. Because I'll I'll facilitate the healing, but it really comes through mm-hmm. the person. So people will be like, "How long can I expect?" And I'm like, "Each person's so different." Because you're in my office, you know, and I'm just guiding you. But it's mm-hmm. like you're really doing the healing, and I'm just facilitating that's, it. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's that's the biggest way that it differs from, I guess, I don't want to call it traditional because that's probably the opposite word, but Western medicine. Yeah. Um, and the approach is that I just give you exactly what you need, and I'm better. And, yeah. there's, and there's nothing on me. Yeah. And um, it kind of... It kinda, kills some of the self-reliance you yeah. know and i feel like that's one of the biggest reasons that people are so unhealthy in right. the western world is this lack of self-reliance um but to to have some type of treatment like acupuncture you yeah you know what to give but i have to let it come in and 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 let all the healing happen yeah. and it kind of builds just a connection with your body yeah and then you're you're better equipped to know how to take care of yourself right. and how to let the healing happen. Yeah. And um, Just fully experience. Yeah. So if you come in um, skeptical, or I mean, I guess it's normal to come in for the very first time skeptical. I had yeah. no idea what to think. And right. I, I'm I'm just gonna lay down. And you're gonna stick some needles right. in me, and I'll feel better. And, okay. <laughs> sure. You know. Yeah. I, I was curious and interested. You know. I had a very open mind, but it's like. How is this going to help me? Right. Um, and uh, after a while, you just kind of learn to uh, 
I guess, learn what it does for you. And it's and, great. Uh, like, I love the people that haven't ever had it and, like, are skeptical or don't right. expect anything, And to you know? see it come around and, like, oh, wow. Because I'm, like, just experience it. They're, like, what should I expect? I'm, like, you are yeah. your own unique individual. And if you don't experience healing and you don't enjoy it, like, so be mm-hmm. it, you know? I'm, right. like, you don't, it's, it's up to your experience. So it's, exactly. like, it's cool when they don't have any idea or don't expect anything. They're, like, this, this isn't going to do anything. I'm, like, okay, cool. Then just... Yeah. Feel it out and see yeah. what you think, and that kind of becomes self fulfilling too. Like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say placebo because I do think that there's a real effect. Right. But if you if you are closed off to the possibility that it's going to do anything for you, then right. that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so is the reciprocal. You know, like yeah. if you're convinced that this is exactly what you need and it's going to help, then right. it's going to be really beneficial. Yeah. Um, as in everything as in, in everything. life, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's funny to have gone in feeling just not quite sure what to think, and now and now it's one of the favorite things that I do. I uh, love I, I love my appointments. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a nice little space you have created in there. Awesome, thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Um, so, what are some of the favorite things that you do for people? Because there's there's a lot of ways that this can apply to people. Um, so favorite things to treat or favorite modalities that I use to treat people? Um, anything kind of open-ended. I know that you've, you've done some specialty training, um, in OBGYN stuff and prenatal, right? Or pediatrics. So So I went to China and I worked in five hospitals there and did some advanced training, which was super amazing just to experience the medicine there are these conventional hospitals or yes. okay but yeah. they incorporate acupuncture into a lot of their treatment Oops. <laughs> oh, sorry, just grab it. um yeah in china almost all the doctors are actually acupuncturists as well which was so beautiful to see so they're all working in unison so the acupuncturists and doctors both do western medical tests and pharmaceutical drugs and Chinese herbs and acupuncture. Yeah, that's neat. So I actually, I got super sick with some pathogen there. Like it came on really, really quick. And the doctor was super, the acupuncturist that I was training under and assisting, you know, and I was like, okay, I want these Chinese herbs, you know, this formula works for this. And she was like, you are so ill right now and you're not used to being here and you're not used to these pathogens. You need to go downstairs and Within three minutes, I had the medicine I needed. It was $3, and within an hour, I was feeling better. And I don't usually like to take you know, pharmaceuticals, but I was like, okay, I'm going to trust her. I'm yeah. in this other country. I feel awful. There's absolutely a place for it. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, I don't want to call it a last resort, but there's, you know, it's like, again, if you break your arm, you have right. to have someone set the bone, yeah. and maybe yeah. some painkillers for a day or two is nice. Right. And um, for some real severe infections, like, I mean, absolutely, there's yeah. a need for antibiotics, but... And it was so cool to have someone that was like, okay, I have the herbal knowledge, I have the Western medical knowledge, I can do the tongue and pulse diagnosis, right. I can do, if I need to, any Western medical tests, and then their medicine just, you know, there's there was less bureaucracy, so literally they're just like, here's the prescription, walk downstairs, I had one mm-hmm. of my teachers, and he walked down and translated, I paid three bucks, and within an hour, you know, I was like, wow, this is so efficient, whereas I feel like oftentimes in the States, it's like an appointment and to get in and then to wait and call the pharmacy yeah. and to wait and get it filled. I guess and then... that's one of the benefits of uh, a country with very communist tendencies. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was super grateful. I was like, okay, because I did not feel like dealing with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, so that was really cool just to see the severity of conditions because you're in a hospital. Right. So, I mean, people that would not come into my office, you know, 
Um, so we would see some really interesting techniques and some really, really sick people and how amazing the medicine is for, you know, to help heal them. And it was a beautiful thing to see the relationship with the doctors and the patients. It just felt very Mm. different from here. Yeah. It kind of feels like the way medicine should be. Yeah. And it's really neat to have that knowledge of some of the traditional methods and some of the modern methods. Right. Because you just have a more comprehensive, I guess, view of how to treat things. Right. And, you know, there's the old expression, um, when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. Right. And that's, that is very easily applied to Western medicine and you, you get uh, some of these methods applied to conditions that maybe it's not necessary to go that direction. Right. So when you have all these traditional methods and a modern approach, then you can better give people what they need right. for whatever it, it, right. it, it may be. You know what I mean? Yeah, they said in the hospitals there they avoid 90% of back surgeries, but their clients are getting... Tuina, like Chinese therapeutic massage and acupuncture, you know, like yeah. many days a week, but short, quick treatments and it's easy and it's fast. People can just walk in and get it. Yeah. And, um, we worked with a little boy and he would not have been able to walk, but his dad brought him in five days a week and he was so cute and he could totally cruise around, wow. you know? So that was really cool. And then I did advanced pediatric training in Bali and OBGYN training. So that was cool. So we set up a free clinic in the Northwest coast of Bali and then we brought all our herbs and all our needles and then the locals, I mean, it was geared towards the moms and pregnancy and postpartum and then the kids. But of course the whole family would come. So we treat, it was just really, really sweet. And they were so, so grateful. And the kids were not scared of acupuncture at all. Like as opposed to the States, I think where they've had so many, injections and mm-hmm. vaccines and all these kind of traumatic experiences like the kids were like my brother got that many needles and he got moxa and he got tuning forks i want that and i want that yeah, you exactly. know so that was super super sweet and just getting to work with the children um the medicine's so so effective for kids and kids usually so open. yeah and their energy channels and their chakras are so open so they respond so quickly um so that was really fun and then just working with the pregnant women, I feel like the care in the States is not what it should be for our birthing yeah. community. So just getting more training. They don't give you that much training in acupuncture school, in pediatrics, or in, uh, you know, pregnancy. And, and I mean, they do, but, right. you know, there's so much to it. And, you know, they can only fit in so much. So to have right. a little bit more advanced yeah. um, it's kind of was really awesome. And then did some advanced training with Mickey Osenki for esoteric acupuncture yeah, as well, which I, I love. So I did that in LA and in Colorado, um, just working on the chakras and the subtle energy bodies and really achieving that clarity and working on different levels of yeah. vitality and existence. So Yeah, I, uh, I want to ask you more about that. And I know you have said that if I ever am interested in trying, and I think for my last one, I'm going to do it. Okay. Love um, it. So awesome. <clears throat> I think that's in a couple weeks here. I think I only see you one more time before. Uh, I'll check. Yeah. Really, it so might I'll be, make sure. It might be two more, but it's, um, I think, I think it's, there's only one more and it's like the week before I leave. Okay. Um, speaking of which, I, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to go to Bali relatively long term. So I'll have to get some suggestions about Bali. Absolutely. I'll yeah. come visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do it. I might be there for a while. Yeah. I was thinking of trying to live kind of long term in New Zealand and um, I'm still going to go. But um, I just hear it's really expensive. And if I'm going to try to live somewhere long term, it might as well be somewhere cheap. So, and I can go there and then Bali is relatively easy to get to from New Zealand. You know, it's like 
close-ish. In the heart. <laughs> just in the same general region of the world. Yeah, Bali just feels like super open, heart center, all love. It's my favorite place so far on the planet, so yeah. I like a choice. You know, everyone I have met that has been there says the same thing, like, oh, it's my favorite place I've ever been. Yeah, just, incredible um, energy of human Yeah, just to go, connected. of course, the waves. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the diving and yeah. the people are just so I'll have to get dive certified. Beautiful. Yeah. That's so awesome. Sweet. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, all right. So what, what are like of, of all the people that you see, cause you probably have, I don't know, over a hundred clients, right? Maybe not a hundred regulars. But, I have um, maybe 850 clients total, but the active ones I'm right. trying to figure out. I don't know. I have a couple yeah. hundred maybe, maybe active and maybe like a hundred really, really active. Right. So it's hard to say cause it all kind of fluctuates. But, That's crazy. Yeah. What's really, really active like once a week? Yeah. Although at this point, I, because I'm so booked, you know, the majority, the most I really see people is maybe every other week realistic. I mean, I have a few that try to get in every week, but every other week and a lot now, I just try to do once a month for 90 minutes for maintenance and vitality Uh, and health and wellness. You know, I feel like if they're doing a lot of other meditation and yoga and Reiki and massage and all this, you know, one other stuff to take care of. Themselves, yeah. If there's yeah. not like an acute condition that's right. going on, if they're just trying to maintain their health and wellness, then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. That yeah. That's works. basically where I'm at. I, uh, I feel like sometimes, uh, my appointments will be sporadic. Like I'll get three weeks in a row yeah. and then I won't come for a couple of weeks. And it's just like how the scheduling works. And, um, whenever I get to have a couple in a row, it's always just like a special treat. Yeah. It just builds on <laughs> it does, yeah. the energy. Yeah. And then I feel like any of my current clients, if, there is like they get injured or something then I just try to fit them in you know right. get cancellation I'm like okay like I hurt my back okay come on in yeah you know and it all it all seems to work out yeah yeah that's neat um what kind of like what's the most common thing that you're seeing people for it, it, are most people just kind of general maintenance at this point or is it uh, specific issues so I mean, I love treating digestive disorders because that was what got me into this medicine and it helped me so much. So I enjoy it just because I think it's so effective. You know, I mean, the acupuncture, the yoga, the meditation, diet, everything. But I feel like Western medicine is just like completely fails with working with digestive disorders. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love working with children and it seems like a lot of practitioners aren't super comfortable with it or, you know, so... I, I could see that would be fun. Yeah. Um, I love working with fertility and once the women are pregnant. And I feel like it's such a important asset to help with the pregnancy and to prepare for the birth. Yeah. And then to help the women postpartum. And then usually they'll end up bringing their children in that have been in the womb and they've been coming in. And the kids kind of already resonate with the energy of the space. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm trained in Shoni Shin, which is a technique that I trained in Bali for babies. So you don't needle them, you know, you don't needle the children till like maybe five or seven, you know, or if you did younger than that, it's a quick insert and take it out. And it's totally dependent on the children and what they're comfortable with. And I never, ever, you know, them if they do not want it, you know, there's, yeah, it's all about giving people what they need. And if you're just, Causing trauma. Yeah. That's really yeah. not what they need. And I mean, they're great with tuning forks and with moxibustion and with herbs and essential oils. And the Shoni Shin is a scraping and tapping technique with these metal instruments. Okay. So you do them on all the meridians, babies up until like three to five years old. So I'll use those techniques. So that's fun. Um, a lot of 
a lot of my friends are pretty athletic, so there'll be shoulder or back injuries right. or strains or tight hamstrings or, yeah. you know, so I'll, um, I Me. love, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> like, and I love working with the electroacupuncture for yeah. like injury stuff because I know if I hurt or injure myself, it feels so good and it heals so quickly. That's that, another one of my favorite things. The that and the cupping. Really, really yeah. Nice. yeah, cupping is great. The electro is great though because there's, um, I've done some other things. I mean, there's some, I've tried a couple different units where you put the pads on your skin right, and stuff tens. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, a unit, and there's another one that's getting big called the Mark Pro, but it's pretty similar. Okay. And um, they're great, but the needles are just so much more effective. Yeah, it feels like it gets into that. You know, if you have some hip or something in injury or just a spot that's inflamed, it feels like it gets right into that spot it's like a little internal and to have someone else place it and and kind of know exactly where it should be yeah because when i stick those things on me i'm just kind of like okay here and here you know like as long as i feel it in the spot where it hurts like okay like that's about as good as i do yeah um so it feels a lot more targeted when you do it yeah absolutely yeah so that's fun um let's see there's a lot of like allergies around here i guess so i treat a lot of allergies just because yeah. it seems pretty common. Um, yeah, I think Ventura County is pretty, pretty known for having terrible air quality. Yeah, yeah. It's because we have all of that uh, agriculture, like in Oxnard and Camarillo, yeah. and all the fields are super Sprays dry and, and yeah. filled with pesticides and dust. Yeah. And then you get that breeze that comes off the ocean and just carries all that stuff in. Right, like, yep. Yeah. And then I just stress, like people just aren't mm-hmm. able to balance their nervous system so they can heal or they're not even able to get into deep breathing or rest really so just mm-hmm. helping them and sleep you know sleep and rest and relaxation so um i'd say those are the most infertility has become really really common with really? chinese medicine yeah, that's um cool. even you know regardless of if they just want to do it naturally if they want to use some assisted you know reproductive technology such as in vitro um it helps so much and even, you know, the places that are all these reproductive endocrinologists are hiring acupuncturists on staff because the acupuncture increases their success rate really? so much and people are paying so much for these technologies, you know? That's cool. So people will look at the success rate of the clinic and travel a far distance oh, to go. Oh, right. It's kind of a competitive so it, thing. Yeah, so it helps them. They're like, okay, I will bring an acupuncturist on if it helps our numbers and yeah. therefore helps our clients and also helps our place do well that's interesting that's that's probably a very very uh competitive field and i bet it's getting uh less and less expensive so more of a realistic option for more people and uh yeah i it's probably the kind of thing that insurances don't cover so most people are paying out of pocket and if you can increase your success rate it's It's uh, huge and it's such an emotional experience for the family and for the woman and what goes on during the techniques you know it's pretty invasive for the body so just you know even if the technique is going to work just to help their mental state for Mm -hmm. them to feel calm and go through the process with grace and ease as much as possible is really huge because it's a it's an intense thing to go through on the physical and emotional level i had never thought about that that's interesting so it's nice to support them and see them you know and then see the child and be like wow and it's just really rewarding. That is really neat. That's kind of special. That would probably be a neat uh, thing to be involved with. Right. Yeah. Um, do you have a lot of people that uh, you do that kind of work with? 
I do, and I didn't intend, I mean, I didn't really intend to get into, there's many women practitioners that like only really want women clientele and want to help, right. like specialize in hormones and fertility, and I didn't really intend to have that be a big part of my practice, but the community within like the women's groups and pregnancy groups and stuff there, and the ones that are more holistic and healthy, it's a pretty tight network, you know, mm-hmm. like in this town, so they talk a lot, you know, so if one person comes and says, I had success here, you know, they all really support each other. It's a really tight network. So if they hear from someone else, you know, they're really likely to come to you. Yeah. So the word of mouth in that community is really, really strong. So yeah. if you have a few good cases, that. then you just keep getting support. You know, there's always somebody right. else in the community or they want to have their second or whatnot. Sure. So it just kind of built. So I was like, okay, whoever comes is yeah. meant to come yeah. here for this reason. Absolutely. Yeah. Just kind of accept the organic flow of clients. Right. That's neat. That's probably the the biggest form of uh, how your business spreads, huh? Is word of mouth. I yeah, would think so. especially this community is really tight knit, and so yeah, it's really beautiful because if they come in word of mouth, usually they're pretty committed, right? And it's not so much and have a little bit of an understanding of what yeah. they're getting, and yeah, probably are just of kind of a like mind and a, a like uh, I guess outlook on right. life and. Just understanding of their body and that kind of stuff um, from, from some of your more committed clients. And you know? Yeah, and their level of commitment is usually pretty good as in, I mean, granted they have to be able to afford it, but they're not so right. much like, oh, I just want to shop. You know, there's many acupuncturists around, so it's like you can go find whatever's the most affordable. It's really about you resonating with a practitioner. You yeah. know, m- many of them are wonderful. It's just who you resonate and vibe yeah. with and that's really that's the most true. important you know so that is true i didn't shop around you know you <laughs> right. recommended me to other people yeah, when right. i couldn't get appointments you recommended two other yeah, people i go see and i didn't uh, yeah i'm super happy to just... some more like support the community you yeah. know and we all kind of the other acupuncturists we all support each other so i feel like it's really important that they just i mean of course how much it costs is important and if insurance reimburses but just really that it's what you want to do because you really want to you know you're going to make it a priority to receive treatments to help your health yeah. and wellness versus buying things or stuff. Yeah. You know, that's neat. I want to ask you about what kind of direction you think your practice will go. Like what are your goals in this area? And we didn't even really talk about Kundalini. Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> I remember at one point you mentioning wanting to, uh, kind of expand your business to offer your acupuncture practice and something kind of along the lines of like V-Fit where you can offer all sorts of other classes yeah. and do kundalini and other types of yoga and other type of fitness things and right. grow into a space like that. Is that still something you think about? Yeah, I'm really clear that I want to continue my private practice in Ventura, maybe expand, maybe hire someone mm-hmm. as well because I feel like I will be traveling a lot and so I really want to travel and if possible yeah, it'd be nice to have the option to still allow people to have treatment and right. kind of free your yeah. schedule up yeah and that they can see me but that I have someone that is trained in the same modalities and has the same kind of philosophy and energy right. um, for when I'm not available just because I end up referring many people out anyway so I mean I could at least refer them to the other practitioner right. um, and I really want to travel and speak and just inspire people and teach kundalini yoga and meditation and with my gong as well and explain and educate people about that and 
combining that with traditional Chinese medicine. And of course, if I'm traveling certain places, I won't be able to actually do acupuncture because I won't be licensed in many places, you know, but just incorporating the knowledge so I can speak and inspire people in large groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really want to have, I love the watching and feeling the group energy shift in a Kundalini class and with the meditation, like as you feel everybody and I feel like the acupuncture practice is a very yin, you know, where the people come in and lay down and I'm doing the treatment. Of course, they're allowing it but then seeing the kundalini is the more yang aspect of like watching them move and breathe and it's so beautiful to Mm -hmm. see that as well especially with the same people um and i love like what we had friday night with the community acupuncture and a gong bath and with um my friend the luxemari aromatherapy i love the essential oils so i just want to travel around the globe and around the states more um and definitely write a book and yeah, just really expand the amount of people I can mm-hmm. um, inspire to just feel their bliss and their radiance and their love and light. That's uh, really cool. That's actually interesting to hear you say that because I um, I know that a lot of these things are a long way off, but I kind of feel like that's one of the things that I am meant for as well is awesome. to is to just kind of spread whatever type of healthy message um, that you have to share. And um, that's some of my favorite things about coaching and just in talking to people. And I I mean, I also want to eventually write a book and I would love to travel around and speak. And that's really interesting to hear you say that. Um, Yeah, the planet really needs a lot of inspiration and love mm-hmm. and light all around and it's like whatever way you can bring that yeah to people exactly it's beautiful yeah. yeah it's like you feel kind of compelled to if you have found um i guess just a way of going through life that makes you feel good yeah. and um is uplifting to yourself and the people around you and makes you feel good right. and is 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 putting all these things in your life kind of in perspective it's like you 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 feel so compelled to just give that to everyone. Right, yeah. You know, it's like, man, look at, you're able to see all these things on the way that people eat and the way mm-hmm. that people, um, I guess, set up their lives yeah. and um, just how stressed and, yeah. I mean, overall, people take care of themselves so poorly. And if you find, if you find a way of operating, um, whatever your priorities are, um, whatever the modalities, I guess, at how you seek it. Like, there's so many paths to get to a, a great place. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're not even the same place, but they're still just a good, healthy place. Yeah. Um, and if you have found something, it's like you, you feel so compelled to just go, like, ah, here it is. Like, just to have sh- it. I want you all to have to it share because it. it's, yeah. Because I'm so grateful. Like, I've had so many amazing, you know, acupuncturists and now so many amazing spiritual teachers that have Mm -hmm. guided me and I'm like okay like like so grateful so it's like yeah yeah, you want to I feel like the ultimate gift to the planet is teaching absolutely in whatever way you're teaching yes I know it's uh yeah you feel like you could do so much good by just just kind of the state of the world if everyone took better care of themselves yeah imagine and was in a healthier state of mind, in a healthier spiritual way, right. um, whatever that means for you. Yeah. Imagine what a different place yeah. um, the whole world would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it kind of all starts within each individual. Absolutely. And if people can take better care of themselves, I just feel like it would be such a, 
then we're kind of starting to drift into some <laughs> really idealistic deep, stuff right here. But <laughs> but still, I mean, I I really do believe that, and um, and I think that that would be a a wonderful way to spend a life is to just mm-hmm. go share whatever it is that you have. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a. Um, that's neat. Share it makes me life. happy to hear you say that. Yeah, thank you. That's neat. Um, oh, no. This thing keeps telling me low battery, but it's plugged in. So let me pause right now um, and, or stop or whatever. Sweet. All right, we're back. Um, <laughs> we just had a little bit of a battery scare. I thought that the recorder was plugged in. And apparently it was just operating on the weak batteries that I left in there because I thought it was plugged in and we almost lost the first 40 minutes, which would have been, uh, I guess not the end of the world, but, um, it's, it's difficult to recreate these things. Yeah. We'll have to do one, um, with a bunch of people on the boat. That'll be fun. Or, or a series of them. Heck yeah. Just kind of documenting the whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing we haven't talked to or talked about at all. I, I haven't been a very vocal about um, what's going on because I wasn't ready to tell my work yet. Right. But I just I just put in my notice uh, last Friday. So, Wahiguru. What? Wahiguru. Like, wow, awesome. Oh. Like, amazing <laughs> ecstasy. That's cool. Yeah, it feels really, really good. I didn't even realize how much it was weighing on me until it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's not like I was nervous or thinking that they would have a bad reaction I just wasn't yet ready to do it yeah and then I finally my best friend actually pushed me into it so thanks Nate for doing that but <laughs> I was um I was chatting with him online uh, about 15 minutes before I was gonna leave from work on last Friday and he's like you have to do it you said you're gonna do it this week now's your chance like just go do it right now and then text me and I'm like okay <laughs> and then I got up and did it right then and it felt really good um but, um, yeah, I'm going on a boat <laughs> in Turkey and then through Greece and then back to Turkey and you're joining me. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be a Yoga blast. and sailing. I know. I can't, I just can't wait to jump in the water. Uh-huh. You know, it's like the second Bright I see blue, it, I'm, I'm just going to run and dive in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a great way to start your day too. Like wake up on the boat and yep. just, and just like... First thing you do, like out of bed, walk to the side and just dive off. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I love I love warm water in places. That's what I loved in. um, I don't think it's gonna be crazy warm. It's not. It's not tropical, but the Mediterranean's pretty darn warm. In Bali, we were at an eco resort where they had a electrical cages and it was coral restoration, like one of the biggest coral restoration projects. Electrical cages. Yeah, so they have electricity running and the coral. Oh, it's like to stimulate the growth. Yeah, because there's so many issues with coral around the world dying off from all the different. So is this in? It's in a natural place, and they just install these things, or is it kind of like? So it's in the ocean shore, and you. So I go snorkeling or scubaing every day, and like there's just all these huge different cages with the electricity. So so much coral. So every morning before we go into clinic, I go swim with the fish, and I'm like. What a way before you go in and treat people, you're like in the ocean, it's warm, it's beautiful, and you're with all these, and so of course all the fish yeah. come around because the coral, but it's like literally like a minute walk outside my doorstep, and to start your day like that, so I'm awesome. like, it doesn't get any better. I know. Whenever I'm in a place with warm water, it's like, I just can't get out. Yeah. You know, the last couple of times I was in Hawaii, it was... Um, it would be like walk down to the beach after dinner and just right. just go sit in like waist deep water and just yeah. sit there on the bottom and it's so comfortable to be in the water like yeah. you, you just never want to get out yeah oh man i'm so excited being a pisces i'm like i think i'm really a fish <laughs> <laughs> slightly more of a fish yeah. than everyone else yeah. <laughs> yeah 
Oh man, I'm so excited. That's gonna be a blast. One month. Yeah, I uh, I know it's crazy. It came up so fast. Um, okay, back on track. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about before we uh, had our little scare and stuff, but <laughs> I uh, we had talked about some of your goals and that kind of stuff, and then. Um, I kind of want to get into a habit of ending the podcast, like in, in a certain, uh, with, with a series of a couple questions, just cause as I do more of these, I get kind of more of a sense of, of, uh, what I want each one to feel like. Okay. And I feel like it'd be a cool thing to have a couple questions that I ask people okay. at the end. So as I bring on all these different types of people, the way that they, answer them it, it just kind of is going to be a comparative uh mm. thing with all Perfect. you know what i mean it'll be a yeah. neat uh, a neat thing that'll kind of bring some cohesion to all of the yeah. different episodes i like it um and, yeah and one of the things i was thinking is in whatever context you feel like answering this what are you most excited about for the future so personally professionally for the world whatever I am really excited to continue to travel and just see more places and also bring teaching Kundalini Yoga yeah. like to different places that don't have access to it. A lot of places don't have it. I mean, there's not much even around in Ventura, but bringing that to big groups because I've had such great healing from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing stuff like that, like I plan to Costa Rica, um, yoga and meditation retreat next year with a friend. So doing different things overseas like that. I'm really excited about and always traveling. And, um, also personally, I really would love to adopt a child from overseas. So just that's on my radar as well. So, and just exploring the world and just inspiring people and also just continuing to work on my path um my path of spiritual growth like i went to new mexico for the kundalini summer solstice and did three days of white tantric yoga and just getting so much clarity and clearing so much on so many different levels of my subconscious that i didn't even you know stuff Mm -hmm. you don't even know that's there ancestral and just so i have so much clarity and peace and then can embody that and bring that you know help guide others in that in whatever way yeah that's neat that's a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> I'm really excited. There was so much in there. There was so much in there, packed into one concise answer. Um, that's really neat to think about adoption. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about Kundalini, like just just kind of what it is and and what it does for you? And okay, so Kundalini Yoga is a technology that was brought here by Yogi Bhajan, who passed away just about 10 years ago, come October. And um, so it was a secret science. It's all these kriyas, these specific sets of um, asanas and meditations and mantras that achieve a certain desired result. And so it's considered the mother of all yoga. And it's supposed to transform you deeply on the spiritual level much quicker than the other yogas. So I've practiced yoga since I was a little girl and I always loved yoga. And then 11 years ago, I got, I was at Farmer's Market and I was a student, so I didn't have much money and I got a free pass. Like, try Kundalini. I was like, I'll try anything. Like, yeah, all exactly. these free, back then I was like, <laughs> yeah. if it's free, like, yeah. sure. Yep. And um, I met one of my most amazing teachers that I studied with in Ventura. She's still here, but maybe for like nine years before I found other teachers down in LA. And um, the clarity and peace and strength has given me, I mean, the acupuncture has been absolutely amazing, but Kundalini yoga on a whole nother level and the meditation and the mantras 
mantras are all um, chanting in Gurmukhi, which is a derivative of Sanskrit. And it's a sacred language that comes through the like Sikh path and Dharma. And the vibration of the mantras clears things on such deep levels. And so it's just helped me physically feel so well, but also like with different goals and things in life, the practice clears any blocks that I have from like accessing my true potential and feeling the confidence and the clarity to know my path without needing to really think it or figure it out. You know, I'll get clear messages of what to do and then I just feel your path. Yeah. Yeah. Feel it and experience it. So I'm just so incredibly grateful for the teachers and the practice and the training that I've had. And, um, Yogi Bhajan came to LA, Los Angeles when he came in 1969. So we have so many amazing teachers really, really close. So I've done a lot of my training down in Los Angeles and a little bit in India. And um, so I'm just so grateful. It's honestly like transformed my life in ways and my sensitivity and clarity and ability to feel energy and heal myself. It's just so strongly magnified. And so I'm just so grateful. And I love sharing it with others because I've had such a profound shift from it and I'm so grateful for all my teachers so I really want to combine my acupuncture practice with the kundalini and have a studio that's both acupuncture and kundalini yeah that would be neat yeah that's crazy it's uh it's not something that I have uh given a lot of I guess effort into exploring yeah but not for lack of interest just for you know I guess lack of time yeah <laughs> like the, the primary a, um something that interests me mantra is satnam you know so it's just truth is my identity so it's just like accessing your truth and then opening that up because it's you know thought that if you can't honor yourself right you can't honor anyone else so mm-hmm. it's like identifying your truth and honoring that and in honoring yourself you're always honoring everyone else so it's just like a beautiful practice I like to i like that yeah Versus like trying to make everybody else happy or trying to live other people's dream, you know, like you honor your path and your truth. And in that you bless the planet with your gifts. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, that if everyone was just in better touch with themselves, what a, what a better place the whole planet would be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been a technology that's helped me a lot personally to just stay clear and vibrant and healthy and well. Yeah. You get and you get pretty high from doing it. <laughs> I mean, like so, yeah. st- like you're like, I didn't know I could feel this good. Yeah. I mean, not that you don't feel good before, but after you do it, you're like, I didn't even know this was possible. It is like, crazy. Just blissed out with with some of the breathing stuff. Yeah, it really, yeah. It really takes you to a crazy place. Yeah. Have you heard of? I've heard of people doing this thing that they call shamanic breathing. Okay. And it feels. I don't have a whole lot of exposure to Kundalini. Actually, just the one time I came to yeah. the thing. <laughs> but I, and I've never tried shamanic breathing. So this is a very, uh, a very like, uh, I guess, on the surface comparison. But um, I, have, I have heard of this, I guess you could call it a spiritual practice that people call shamanic breathing. Okay. And it's just um, a series of like high repetition really fast breathing exercises like 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 some of the breathing stuff that um we did in kundalini that one time and um i don't know maybe maybe the i guess the goals are similar yeah of course yeah 
Yeah. Um, just, I guess, putting you more in touch with your breathing and what a profound uh, effect that can have on you. I mean, the, you know, yoga means union. And so at the base, I mean, there's all these asanas or postures that the Western world gets right. really into, but the whole yoga is really like the breath and meditation, you mm -hmm. know, like you do all these postures so that you can do right. meditation and physically feel comfortable, you know, so you could sit there for eight hours maybe and not be like, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts, right. my neck hurts, you know, yeah. so you could get deep. Yes, that is true. It's, it's certainly not, not about the, uh, not about the individual postures. Yeah. It's 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 just an and overall how you look approach. In them. Yeah. yeah. Union. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like union. union with yourself. Mm -hmm. And in that you find that truth, that satnam and that yeah. clarity. Union between your physical existence and your spiritual existence, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is funny. It in in talking about that, it's funny to also see that they do like yoga competitions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? You're like I'm more it's in like, touch with myself than you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in the physical realm. Exactly, but it's um, it's really it's really funny too. I don't I don't even know um, how they work or how they're. I, are they judged? I don't know. It's just, um, at that point, it's. I guess it's almost just like a modeling competition yeah. or like a dance competition yeah. where you look the best while you're doing yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't know. Um, that's pretty funny, but okay. Let's, um, I'll, I'll ask the final, uh, thing that I had in mind. And, you know, the, my goal with this podcast is, is to just talk to interesting people about interesting things, but, um, I guess if there is a more specific focus, it's just on kind of overall health. Okay. You know, it's something that I'm passionate about. So most of the interesting people that surround me and most of the things that I am interested in are right. kind of in, in, in sort of a health, uh, realm. Yep. And so the, the final question that I'm probably going to be asking most people is what's the one piece of advice you would give people to, that are looking to lead a more healthy existence again in whatever context you feel like answering meditation especially in this society yeah um i feel like it's really lacking and i know people say i don't know how to meditate or i don't like to meditate mm -hmm. and i mean me personally and if you know me i'm super hyper and you know it's not like you know i have a lot of energy and the meditation just hones it all yeah. in um so it's not like it's easy for me it's just you know, not an option because I'm like, otherwise I can feel the mind, you know, it has all these thoughts. And my teacher, Yogi Bhajan said, you know, when people say, oh, is meditation nice? He's like, maybe after many, many years of doing it or 10 years of deep meditation practice, you're just so blissed out. But he's like, at the beginning, it's just like opening the lid to a cesspool. You know, it's not a fun experience. Like you're diving into all this stuff and right. it's not like during the meditation, you're like, oh, this is just rad, you know, otherwise everyone would do it. The second yeah. they sat down, it was like, just, they're just like exactly. so stoked. Yeah, so, it's work. Yeah. It absolutely is work. And, and it doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable, but it's, uh, there's a reason it's called a practice, you know, yeah. you, you just have to improve your, yeah. uh, and you feel good often after it, but I mean, it's, and we talk a lot about sadhana, the daily spiritual practice, whatever that is for you. It doesn't mean right. kundalini or whatever your meditation or, you know, religious practice. Like, sure. But it's a daily spiritual practice versus like, oh, I went to this class once a week. I don't know why. I'm just not all better. So like each day, my teacher would talk about like you wouldn't let the trash build up in your house for like 20 years, but you let it build up in your mind for 20 years, you know. And so just if people can find a way to really carve out the time to yeah. be alone and breathe and either 
chant or be still or do whatever, you know, or just be out in nature, whatever yeah. it is, but really allowing them that, that time to meditate and just observe the thoughts without attaching to them. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree more, actually. That's probably the answer I would give if I asked this question. I mean, I might say something about food as well, but, yeah. um, but certainly meditation is, is very, very high on that list. And it's, it's something that I've been, that has been a pretty recent, um, exploration for me, Wonderful. but it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's funny cause people will come in with all of these things that they think are supposed to happen. And that's the exact thing that you're trying to rid yourself of when right. you meditate. Um, attachment. Attachment to yeah. thoughts, to identity, outcome. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, outcome Future. is the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, is so to go in thinking I need to feel these certain thoughts or I need to not feel any thoughts yeah. or I need to do anything. It's like the fact that you're going in with um, an outcome in mind is right. already wrong. Right. You just need to go in with the intention of, I guess, taking care of yourself. Yeah. Going in with the intention of just just focusing inward, and yeah. whatever happens, happens. And as you do that more, you just kind of get better at, I guess, giving yourself what you need. Yeah, just like allowing yeah. and surrendering. Like I know when I did the white tantric, you know, we're like meditating maybe 10 hours a day. And of course, in the middle, sometimes I'm like, I just want to run out screaming uh-huh. loud at the top <laughs> of my lungs. And I don't even know where I'm going to run. Yeah. or I don't even know why I want to run. Yeah. You know, but it's like being able to like, observe that and be like, okay, I feel that way. That's right. fine. And I'm still going to sit here yeah. and I'm still going to breathe and observe and do it. It's being able to observe the way that you feel and not feel any sort of attachment to it. Yeah. I am. Um, I like the analogy of, you know, being, um, experiencing the thoughts, but not, but not consciously hanging on to any yeah. of them. You know, yeah. like I've heard people say, you know, you're standing in the middle of a river and, um, all, all these thoughts are just kind of washing over yeah. you. But not carrying you away. Yeah. You know? Um, Same so, thing with so like... So just to experience them and let it happen and know that your mind is going to have all of this input yeah. from a million different sources at every second of the day. Yeah. And you can you can learn when when to let yourself experience it and when to just let it wash over you. Yeah. It's and, really uh, like engaging with the neutral mind. I mm-hmm. mean, they all serve like the positive mind, the negative mind, the neutral mind. But it seems like especially in this society, the neutral mind is just lack, you know, where everything has a positive or a negative, like this is good, mm-hmm. this is bad, rather than things are just what is and mm-hmm. neutrality of like not attached to yeah. the situation or not taking it personally or, you know, mm-hmm. you just, this is what is and this is what's meant to be in my path and then just fully embracing it regardless of if it's challenging or not, you know, meditation allows you to kind of just like with open arms be like, okay, bring yeah. it. Yeah. To just, to just kind of be comfortable existing with whatever is happening, Yeah, you know, and, um, without resistance. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's, it's, it's something that's nice would, would be nice to see people try to incorporate more because I feel like there are, we have a need for it more and more because right. people don't ever have the opportunity to just kind of shut off, you yeah. know? So now, now you, you, you need more more intention than ever yeah. to go into that place because yeah. I feel like you know maybe a hundred years ago that w- when there just wasn't so much stimulus all around yeah. you people could kind of drift off into these very mindful spaces 
Naturally, and yeah. naturally, or just when it happens and you're, you're a lot more comfortable in your existence, but just kind of the nature of the world around us now, there's so many yeah. more people, so much more input from mm-hmm. every direction, um, be it, I don't know, TV or yeah. your phone or, yeah. you know, um, they always talk about people not being able to exist with nothing. Yeah. You know, like they'll just, yeah. If you have a spare minute, you pull out your phone and just start scrolling through, I don't know, name a social media app that has an infinite scrolling thing, which is all of them. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think that's an accident by the way, (laughs) that infinite scrolling thing is so dangerous. Oh no. That's not an accident. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, um, it builds on the addictive nature of those things. If you can, if there isn't an end to it, it's so much harder to, to put a stop to it yourself. Yeah. And, um, when, so, so now more than ever, I, I, I kind of see the, see the need for in intentional meditative practice because you, you're not going to get to a place where you just shut off. I mean, mean, maybe you go camping and there's no service and you turn your phone off for the weekend, but that's why you feel so great when you come back from those things, Yeah, you know, being in nature. Uh, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Um, so just, just, just practice existing with, uh, with nothing else but yourself is, is a thing that most people don't ever have a chance to do. And a lot of people ask me like, how did they know the acupuncture meridians? You know, like how did they figure this out? But it's like the people back then were so clear and energy was so clear to them that they could see, they could see the energy and people still can now, but like many more people could see the energy. Yeah. People were just way more in touch with their bodies. Yeah. Um, and we are, slowly i think losing touch with our bodies and slowly yeah. losing touch with nature yeah and that that's that's probably the underlying problem with yeah name an issue that's going on in the world yeah. you know what i mean and you can just kind of trace it back to unhealthy individuals yeah. you yeah. know i really think that that's that's a huge thing that's going on be things political or whatever yeah you know? yeah when we come from fear instead of love at the end of the day you know mm-hmm. breeds war hate, yeah. you know, lack yeah. of compassion. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was good. That's probably a good place to end it on. Perfect. Thank yeah. You. Thank you yeah. For this this was, a, this was real, a lot of fun. I'm um, very grateful. Yeah. Um, shall we, shall we say your website and all that kind of stuff? If people sure. want to get in touch or check you out or whatever. So my website is bluejasmineacupuncture.com yeah. or you can also go crystalpearson.com. Um, oh really? Yeah, either Does, one. It goes to the same place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or That's just cool. search Google. That's Crystal funny. Crystal with a K. Um, yeah, and feel free to contact me if you have any questions yeah. or want some more information. And I'll put up links to the Blue Jasmine Facebook thing and your website in the little show notes for this. Awesome. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be good. Um, Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad we finally got to. Connect <laughs> We've been working to it. on. It. Yeah, I've been talking about it for probably months, <laughs> months. now, months. But I guess that's just that's the nature of, uh, of of being busy. But yeah, this was a lot of fun, and uh, you were nervous coming in, and it, it's no big deal, right? After <laughs> yeah. the first couple of minutes, this thing just kind of melts yeah. away, and um, Super it's fun. it's just a nice a nice conversation and a way to connect a little bit deeper that's actually probably my favorite part about it is it's just um an opportunity to sit down and have meaningful talks with people yeah you know it's like it's it's kind of um a way to to facilitate that because if i just wanted to call you up and be like hey can i come over at noon and (laughs) we'll just sit down and and have a really nice talk for 90 minutes you'd be like i 
Sure. Yes, you can. <laughs> I got stuff I want to do. <laughs> so this is just a great opportunity to to make those things happen. You yeah. Know? And uh, it's not it's not something that. We get to do all that often. When's the last time you sat down and talked to someone for an hour and a half? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to really get clear about like your goals and aspirations and then to like verbally commit while talking to someone else. It's really nice. It really sets that intention and that vibration into the universe for that support. I know. I always walk out of these things very, very happy. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's a good place to end then. Um, Cool. Thank you. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, I hope you've all enjoyed the interview with Crystal Pearson. Thank you again for listening. And if you get a chance, please go to iTunes and or Stitcher and rate and review this podcast and continue using the Amazon affiliate link. Thank you very much.